The views and opinions expressed by guests on this program are not necessarily the views of Thinking Bigger Business Media, Inc. or its employees. Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transformed their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now, here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, owner of Thinking Bigger Business Media. And today, we're going to get up close and personal with small business banker Josh Rowland about how small businesses like yours and banks can work together to build a profitable and successful business. Josh is the vice chairman of Lead Bank and acts as executive director of the Lead Business Advisors. Josh has been with the bank since 2008, and prior to joining Lead Bank, Josh practiced law at Brian Cave LLP. Welcome to the show today, Josh. Thank you, Kelly. It's great to be here. Okay. So we're, today we're going to talk about working with banks to grow your business. Now, some of the small businesses that are out there listening might be thinking of banks helping me grow my small business. A lot of business owners are sometimes a little bit doubtful about how banks can help them and the, the stories they can tell are, you know, how they got turned down for their loan maybe. But more and more banks are looking for ways to be a growth partner with their business clients. And Lead Bank has a very unique model for how you're working with small businesses from concept all the way, I mean, through the complete life cycle of their business, all the way to sale. Talk to us about that. Well, it's a it's a responsibility that we take very seriously at Lead Bank to be thinking with businesses about what their life cycle is and what a bank can do as the primary source of balance sheet uh, capital, balance sheet advice for most small businesses. You know, a lot of the businesses I, I would expect that you deal with, Kelly, they're not really in, in the big private equity venture capital markets. Mm-hmm. They, they get their financing from their community bank. Uh, and, and that's a responsibility that community banks have to work with businesses like that. So we took very seriously the, to, the opportunity to look at what banks don't quite do enough work to help businesses achieve. And that is they need to be able to have a good source of advice and expertise that can help grow them through that entire life cycle. So we created, uh, in 2010, we created Lead Capital, which was a consulting and advisory firm uh, that offered those very kind of strategic and financial advisory services to small businesses. This year, uh, as your introduction identified, we've rechristened uh, Lead Capital as Lead Business Advisors and squarely brought it within uh, the bank itself. Now it's a division of the bank, and we provide those same kind of services because what we believe is the key to a successful partnership is the bank and the business working together to really look at what does the balance sheet of that business need to look like? What does the income statement of that company need to look like in order to be positioned for growth to the next stage? What we have seen through this crisis is that a lot of people made 
balance sheet decisions that may have had short-term benefits but were really long-term negatives for the growth of the business. We aim to prevent that by saying, let's work in tandem together right from the beginning, right when the business is looking for its first bank relationship. Let's sit down together and say, what does this balance sheet need to look like this year and in three years to get you to the next phase of growth? And that's what we aim to be. We aim to be a full life cycle bank. So we've started some other initiatives. We're very active in promoting the micro-lending programs that the Kansas City Storefront Initiative represents that were announced in July of 2012 by the mayor of Kansas City. We believe that partnering with other organizations such as the Justine Peterson Micro-Lending Organization out of St. Louis is a very helpful way to get micro-credit to young startups or to businesses that haven't really had a banking relationship before. Right. Them in a pipeline that can get them to the next stage of growth. And we believe that through lead business advisors, we're providing that added service that can really accelerate sustainable growth for Kansas City area businesses. Sure. And that's a good point that you made with the micro-loan programs you're talking about because not every business, especially startups, can walk into a bank and be bankable. But there are other tools and there are other financing options perhaps that are available that LEAD would be able to steer them towards that are are great for the stage of business they're in now and then maybe work up to the more traditional bank loan and beyond that if there's other types of financing that are needed. You can take take a customer through all those different stages of growth with the different options that you have. That's right. And one thing I think that if, if... If listeners to your program were to, were to come out of this show and hear something, I think what, what they should hear, what I as a banker would like them to hear, is that the time to begin the discussion with a bank is sooner rather than later. Absolutely. And that applies to lead bank. It applies to pretty much any bank in town. We mm-hmm. want to be in that discussion sooner rather than later because what it enables the, the business to do is to really get some objective uh, insight into what does their business need to look like and how, do, how can they take actions today that put them in the right frame for the long run. I think, again, I go back to some, some experiences that we had earlier, uh, right before the banking crisis began, mm-hmm. where banks, where customers were really in a situation where not having known kind of what the implications of, of their actions were going to be, they got into trouble. So I would say it, the sooner a venture, a startup, a, a small family-owned business can get itself into a situation in conversation with their banker, even if it doesn't result immediately in a loan or, or something like that, uh, it will be beneficial to them for the long term. Partly yeah. because the business will then be able to figure out, do I like those guys? Do I like the way they talk mm-hmm. to me? And, right. and to do some shopping in advance of an emergency or a really pressing yes. urgent need, that's, that's critical. And yeah, that's think, what having a variety ahead. of entry points for businesses in their life cycle is. That's why we've designed our business model in the way that we have. We want to have multiple ways for people to engage with us in advance of when it becomes really urgent for them. Sure, and I have seen 
so many businesses when it's the month or the week that they can't uh, make payroll or when they know that they're not going to be able to pay their supplier so they're not going to get their next shipment of whatever product they need to, you know, help their customers out or to offer it to their customers. And that is not, as you say, the time for them to be worrying about this. They need to have that relationship early on because not only, as you say, do they get to try you all on, but hopefully the relationship that you are forming, you will be giving them advice along the way before that loan is needed or that line of credit that's going to put them in a position that they that they will get the line of credit and use it wisely when they when they do need to dip into it uh, because yeah. of the advice. And can I add one thing? I think that we're now at a turn in the business cycle mm-hmm. where opportunities that are positive are going to present themselves. Oh, sure. And so a business would benefit by saying, look, I'm going to develop a relationship with a bank that cares about thinking about thinking ahead with me, mm-hmm. thinking about the long term, and what my strategic opportunities might be, so right. that when those opportunities present themselves, say, you know, say they find a piece of real estate that looks really good and it, and and it's for and it's being auctioned and they want to they want to be right there to grow their business and buy that piece of property. Well, that's again an opportunity that they don't want to rush into. They want to have had a, an ability to think it through, and a Having a banker who knows you and is on your side and has thought through what are the strategic goals for this business? Do they want to expand their real estate? Do they want to build a new building? Do they want to add franchise locations? Do they want to um, buy a great piece of equipment that will really take their business to the next level? Well, you don't want to be in a situation where that's arising in 10 days and, and you need some banker to, to just jump on board with you. Exactly. By then, you're going to get a, 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 a. It's going to be a harder discussion to have. Right. And so if we've done our job at Lead Bank, what we've what we've enabled is, frankly, a creative and really fun conversation with a business owner about where do you want to take this thing and how are you going to do it and how can we be positioned, both as your bank and you yourself as your business, so that when that opportunity arises, you're ready. That's the yeah. fun part and. And we're excited with our business lineup, our service lineup, to be positioned uniquely, I think, in Kansas City, to be able to have that creative, forward-looking conversation with the business about what they're going to do when the opportunities come, and they are going to come. And let's talk about a great example of what you're referring to, the services and the relationship that you are forming with businesses uh, with the Jackson County Challenge. I'm not sure everybody's aware of that, and we obviously have some listeners beyond Kansas City that might benefit from hearing about what you're doing with the Eastern Jackson County Challenge. Tell us about that program and how that's designed to help some of these businesses you're talking about. The Eastern Jackson County Challenge is a a business incubation contest that we came up with to support businesses in this part of the Kansas City metro area because it's logically our it's our geographic uh, neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to do something both to send a message to the rest of Kansas City that there's a lot of great stuff happening in eastern Jackson County that is Independence, Lee Summit, Blue Springs particularly, um, but there are a lot of other great communities out here too. Mm-hmm. And we decided that we would offer $50,000 
prizes or a prize of $50,000 to businesses that apply and go through a six-month incubation contest program. And we, we launched at the beginning of June. Um, we have five companies in the program. And uh, we're excited because we're getting down to the wire now. Um, yes, you are. And we're about to uh, um, make our big prize giveaway on June 26th out here in Lee Summit at the Longview Mansion. Um, we hope to have a lot of people come out. Um, we're going we're gonna to give the prize away, and we're going to have a, a, a little um, a popular vote for a, for a $1,000 prize that we're going to that we're going to run, and you know, so everybody who gets to, everybody who comes out is going to get to vote after hearing ten-minute-long pitches from um, from our companies that are in the in the challenge. You know, the the motivation for doing it was really to say that, in spite of the crisis or in recognition of the crisis, businesses really, excuse me, banks really have to do something to demonstrate their commitment to being the engines for local economic development in their markets. And this we thought of as a fun way to really celebrate what's going on in Eastern Jackson County already, but what we can do in terms of, um, in terms of our combined services, both as a bank and as, a, uh, and as an advisory group. Mm-hmm. So we provided those services uh, throughout, this, throughout this last six months, and we're really excited about uh, about what it's going to look like on June 26th when we get to announce this winner. What a way to cement a relationship with a business and then be able to go through the, the rest of the stages of growth with them. Now, when you talk about services, you're talking about more than financial services, though. I mean, t- be, be, tell us more specifically about the types of services that these Eastern Jackson County businesses uh, that are participating in the challenge are receiving, as well as some of the services you're able to coordinate for may, perhaps customers who aren't participating in the challenge, but just because you're acting as their growth partner, you're able to help steer them to these uh, very important resources. Well, we have uh, in the challenge, uh, we have um, a kid's haircut salon um, mm-hmm. uh, franchise company. We have uh, two food companies. Um, that make uh, one that makes fruit butters, um, another that uh, has a great barbecue uh, product and 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 a set of uh, sauces that they that they make. We have a technology company in the medical technology space, mm-hmm. um, and we have a, a purchasing company okay. that does uh, bulk purchasing for small uh, developers and small landlords that uh, mm-hmm. provides bulk discounts for their needs. Yeah, a community buying group. It runs a big gamut of of services, of of companies. And with Mm -hmm. each of them, what we try to do is we try to look at at their needs and talk to them and say, look, if we can provide a little bit of operational advice about, okay, what is the best way for you to produce those those products? And so we've worked very hard with our uh, food companies in particular to help them think about inventory and their production and where they're going to get that where they're going to get that work done we've talked to them about their financial uh, their balance sheet strategy what are they doing in fact one of the companies um, the berry nutty farm uh, actually acquired another company the hippie chow company in, yes. through the course of the incubation program through the contest 
And we were able to advise them throughout that process about how do they go about an acquisition? How do they manage that? How do they think about mm-hmm. due diligence? How do they think about integrating different, uh, different production schedules and, and, and tasks for their two different product lines? How do they integrate those and achieve the best balance sheet outcome? Right. How do they then go to their 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 uh, clients and sell those combined products in a bundled way to deliver greater efficiency and 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 more sales? We've also we've also tried to introduce them to, for example, risk management resources. We we you know banks are very closely aligned with insurance, and so we believe that we even you know we try to introduce make those introductions so that they can really tailor the the risk that they that they're taking on with a, a risk management solution that they've got. We yeah. hope that as we go through those services and those processes, what we're situating those companies to be able to do is to make further strategic decisions, whether it's through acquisitions of other companies or, uh, or ultimately they may want to sell and monetize their investment in their companies. We believe through our lead business advisors unit that we're going to be positioned to help them do that, both as they start up, ramp up, and make decisions, and then if they decide they want to um, – acquire some more companies or monetize their, their own investment, we're going to be there to help them broker those transactions and get that done for their next stage of, of their lives and of their business growth. Well, perfect. And I'm so glad that you took the time to explain all of that because so often when people, when business owners think about banks, they think only in terms of financial services, lending services, you know, lending products. But there are so many other ways that a bank can advise and assist a small business, and the examples you just gave are absolutely on the money, no pun intended. Um, I do want to ask a couple more questions, though, uh, about lending and about loans, because that's something that's on the minds of a lot of small business owners. Uh, for You had mentioned that when a small business owner is looking for a loan, they shouldn't do it during a crisis situation. That That's huge. You need to develop that relationship with your banker much further in advance than any uh, – well, if you do it, first of all, you can probably avert crisis situations. But for other business owners who are seeking a loan, you know, they don't necessarily have to be in a crisis situation, but just in general, they're, they're looking for a loan. What kind of tips would you give them? What do they need to do? Well – the first thing that they need to do is to understand that we, a bank wants them to be successful. And a bank wants them to be successful and will evaluate their success on the basis of their ability to pay the loan back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at times of crisis, uh, people often assume, well, the bank doesn't really care. They just want to take my building or they want to take my car or they want to take the collateral, whatever it is, right. that underlines the loan. Well that's that's a nightmare scenario. <laughs> and and people I think mistakenly go there and it does them a disservice because it mistakes what the real the real business transaction between the business owner and the bank is. The real transaction is about making sure that those businesses are sustainable in such a way that they can repay that loan in a timely way. And so what the bank wants is the bank wants to hear about sustainable businesses that have ability to repay, can demonstrate the ability to repay, 
And then we are then, our job as the experts in lending is to structure a loan so that it can be repaid. Mm-hmm. Collateral is really the secondary matter. And it is, it, in, our, in, in the way that we view it, it's the secondary source of repayment. So let's think about what's primary. What's primary is the kind of people that, that these business owners are and their ability to demonstrate that their primary source of repayment on a loan is the business itself. So when a business owner is looking to develop a relationship with a bank, what they the first task is to say, are my books and records in order so that I can show that this is a sustainable business that can repay a loan in a timely way? Yes. We're much less, and I'm sure that this goes for a lot of my uh, peers and fellow bankers, most if not all of them in fact, what we're interested in is do those books and records show the true state of the business? And what we find a lot of times is that in fact the bookkeeping that can simply show where the cash comes in, where the cash goes out, and how much money is being made, mm-hmm. that, that, and not enough attention is being paid to that. Really? So, so some, some, spending some time for business owners getting their books in order um, and I'm not talking about audited financial statements. I'm talking about yeah. ordinary QuickBooks, mm-hmm. whatever your bookkeeping system is that's credible, that you can dig into, you can drill into and have real confidence that the cash flows to, of the business will support the loan that's presented. That's just the number one thing. Yeah. Um, well, actually, the people is number one, but the mm-hmm. people showing that they can demonstrate credible, sustainable business performance when they go into their bank, that's number one. That, that trips up a lot of businesses, actually, Kelly. It really, it really does. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's, it's the thing to bear in mind. If you've got good financial statements that are in a format that people under, can understand and show the health of the business, then, then you're well on your way to, a, to developing a, uh, a good lending relationship and to getting that loan. Okay. And you mentioned that the business's ability to pay back the loan I know there are some business owners who grumble about the fact that their personal credit has to be taken into account when they go to get a loan as a business owner. So how important is the personal credit side? Well, you know, the people, the people behind the business are are absolutely one of the bulwarks of good lending practice. And the credit score stands as a as a proxy for the way that people have demonstrated their ability to handle their financial affairs. True. In, you know, when you get to bigger companies where they have more assets or they have more resources mm-hmm. or they have you know, a, a longer track record, you know, the, the individual credit of, a, of an owner becomes less important. But when you're okay. talking about very small businesses, startups, mm-hmm. it's one and the same. The person is the business, and, and, and I know from reading your magazine that that's the way people view their businesses. They, their identity is tied up in their business. Oh, very true, very true. And, yeah. and that's the way banks view those businesses too. The okay. kind of people that we want to lend to or the kind of people that have you know, good track records, that have good histories, that have good references, and they are the kind of people that, that we want to be partners with in, in making investments in their company with them. I mean, I it, go you know, it goes without saying. You wouldn't want to invest 
in me if you didn't know a lot about me. Um, Very true. And, and we, that's the way we, it's kind of, it's kind of a back to basics mm-hmm. um, thing. There isn't, there isn't a magic formula. It's very personal. And, but if you've got the character and you've got that ability to show that the business itself can fund its loan, can pay its loan, then as I said, you're well on the way to getting that loan from that bank. Okay, let's go one step further now. A lot of okay, you get the loan, and some business owners may think, "Phew, I'm through the hard part. I got the loan." And the but there's still things that there are still things that bankers look for. And so, if you could just once the loan's been extended, if you could just walk us through or tell us about some of the red flags that a small business banker might be looking for after that loan's been extended. What are some of the warning signs that things may you know that trouble may be brewing that the business owner doesn't even recognize yet uh what are what are some of the things that you see once that loan's been extended well let me let me characterize this or or contextualize this question mm-hmm. slightly differently okay and and that is what happens after the loan has been extended well for us for a bank that's when the relationship begins mm that's not when the relationship ends. That's when the relationship has really begun. Because what we are monitoring every month are those loan payments. Okay. And in many cases, in most cases, we're monitoring a deposit account or accounts that flow into that lending relationship. Yes. And when you really think, you know, our bank is an 80 80-plus-year-old, 86-year-old bank. And we aim to have multi-generational relationships with our clients. We want to serve the parents, the children, and the children's children, whether that's a personal account or a business account, because mm-hmm. you know we aim to be here for another 86 years. Or more. So sure. our relationship begins when we've extended the money, because, okay. because frankly, our business is in collecting the money that we've already advanced. Right. So we're looking at that, and we believe that we should be in active, ongoing dialogue, that every time a loan payment is, every time we send out a statement or a loan payment is made, that's part of the conversation about the health of that relationship. So we're looking at it every month. Mm -hmm. So in terms of red flags, you know, we're looking at those moments where a loan is, a few days late, and then the next month it's a few days later. Okay. And then it's a few days later, and then if there's a deposit account with it, we're looking at uh, we're looking at the fact that there 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 isn't the cash in the account that mm-hmm. sweeps into the to pay the loan that, that that the funding that was coming into that depository account is not there. Right. And and so we're constantly we're very vigilant. Frankly, as any bank is about those about you know something that's more than 15 days past due. You know, red, classic red flag is yeah, I sent the check, the check was in the mail and it didn't come through. Now that's a situation where the lent, where the borrower themselves knows about how that whether that payment came through. Right. But what we also see as a red flag are are situations where people become um, they take. They they feel that they've gotten that loan and now 
they they start to grow too fast. Ah, yes. And then and so so very shortly before the loan has even seasoned, really as we matured, mm-hmm. and we've gotten into a into a good rhythm, another request comes in. Ah. Mm-hmm. And we're adjusting we're adjusting all of those things kind of simultaneously. We're trying to keep one thing one thing kind of organized and the business owner is coming back with another thing and and is 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 hoping for a different a different arrangement. Right. Right. The reason why that's that seems good because it seems like okay, growth is happening. But we want to make sure that a business owner is managing their credit relationship in a prudent way. And and too much growth is is a, can be a bad thing. Um, Absolutely. Like too much growth could never be a bad thing, but it can be a bad thing, especially when uh, there's bank debt involved. Right. Um, so we, we look to those things because, as I said, our relationship with a borrower, with a client, begins um, or takes on a different chapter, but a long-term chapter when the when we've advanced the money on a on a loan or a piece of credit we that's where we really feel like we're we need to be in very good communication and we take all those monthly those monthly exchanges as how are we doing how's our relationship going okay some great advice there um before we close here one last question uh, the economy you know you talk to most people and they think the economy is starting to turn a bit and that they're at, you even mentioned it earlier that we're going to start seeing more opportunities coming up so now that some of that is is starting to happen what should small businesses be thinking about and about their situation so that they can take advantage of that well i think that getting into a really good strategic conversation, um, trying to find a way to extract themselves, even for a few hours, mm-hmm. from the from the everyday necessity of running their business and be able to step back and say, okay, what what am I what are the goals that I want to achieve? What are the opportunities that fit into those goals? Um, so that in some way they can be mentally prepared. Because I think what's going to start to happen is that as business accelerates and people are chomping at the bit to do things with their investments, that that things are going to come up that could, in fact, present distractions from what is ultimately the the business owner sustainable, what is their real ideal. But they're going to look good and they're going to be an opportunity. So I think... My advice to a business owner is, you know, maybe this summer is a great opportunity to do it. Um, they're mowing the lawn. They just say to themselves, I'm going to spend this time mowing the lawn and thinking about what is my ideal plan for my business? What are the goals that I see ahead of myself? It's a little bit of a strategic planning retreat. And whatever your resources or whatever your appetite or whatever your time that you've got, carve out some time to do that. So that you can put down on a piece of paper, this is my goal for the next year or two years. These are the ways that I think I might be able to get there. And and have that in mind and be able to look back on it and say, I reflected on this. I think I know where I want to go. So I'm not distracted by 
by things that might come up that might look great but deviate from what I really want to do. And now that now that summer's here and now that we're in a you know, kind of in feeling better about the economy and what our opportunities are, now's a perfect time to sit back and think what is my real strategy so that I can take advantage of it. And anybody that wanted to do that with us, we'd be glad to talk to them about because that's well, what we love to do. You just set me up for my next question, Josh. If somebody would like to sit down and talk with you, how would they reach you? Well, the, the simplest way is to is to go online to www.leadbankonline.com. That's L-E-A-D bankonline.com. The other way is to call us here at the bank, which is 816-220-8600. Um, and I or someone, someone on my team would be glad to, glad to just start the, start the discussion. What is the goal? What are we trying to get to, and how are we going to get there? Josh Rowland, the vice chair of Lead Bank and a true friend of small business. Thanks so much for your time today, Josh. Electronic introduction this morning. So anyway, just FYI, some stuff going on there. Uh, what I thought I would do is introduce you to Jeff and Maria, you know, make the introductions and let them know that we've been, you know, that we do cover the startup community. We have, hang on a second. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.